What is? What is? What is? What is biblical counseling? Biblical counseling will grow you from brokenness to wholeness. I think what you just said made me look at those scenarios differently. God replaced all my junk with with a beautiful light. God's really been changing the way that I parent my children. The most amazing thing is the sufficiency of His Word. This is Transformed. And now your host, Assistant Professor of Biblical Counseling at the Masters University and Certified Biblical Counselor, Dr. Greg Gifford. Welcome back to Transformed. My name is Dr. Greg Gifford, and I have the uber privilege of getting to be your host. So thankful for the way that the Lord is using this podcast or show, rather. It's more than a podcast at this point, and just looking forward to how the Lord continues to use it. And today is a topic that affects just about everybody. I've been asked to talk about it, actually. And it's something that as I confess and work through today's episode, it has interwoven itself with my own life. You're wondering what topic that is. It's fear of man. We got to talk about fear of man. And we're going to do that over three episodes. Today's episode, I want to help provide examples of what fear of man is, biblically try to get our arms around what fear of man looks like in our life. And then we'll move to next episode where we talk a little bit about the biblical remedy for fear of man. I'm actually going to open with Proverbs 29, verse 25, which says this, The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. When we talk about fear of man biblically, there are other terms that the world might use to describe it. People-pleasing is one. That's exactly what it sounds like. In fact, Colossians uses that phrase as people-pleasers or by way of eye service, Paul will say to the Colossians. Or maybe you've heard the term codependent. That's usually said in a very negative way. You don't, you don't call someone codependent as a compliment. Hey, I think you're codependent in that dating relationship. Oh, thank you. Most people don't think of codependency that way, but codependency is also getting back to fear of man. And codependency might be a different angle or facet of fear of man, but it's, it's still getting at that central thrust. And what is the nature of fear of man fundamentally? Well, it's not that we're afraid of people while there might be certain scary people in the world. Uh, That's not necessarily what we're talking about. Uh, We're talking about giving your ultimate respect to people, or to say it another way, letting people take God's place in your life. People are too big and God is too small to to use the Ed Welshian title from his awesome book that you can find on transformed.org. The reality is that when people get too big in your life, it can look like a, a whole host of things. But that's really people-pleasing or fear of man. If you've never heard that phrase, fear of man, like I had not heard it until I took my first biblical counseling training, all of the sudden light bulbs went off for me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I wish, and I, I joke with my students here at Masters about this, but I authentically mean it. I wish someone had told me about this, oh, I don't know, around eighth grade, ninth grade as I was entering into high school. What is fear of man? What is people-pleasing? It's when we let people get too big and take God's place in our life, when we give them our ultimate honor and respect, when we need their approval more than God's approval, we're talking about fear of man. Okay, well, all right. I know that transformed is not about me confessing my personal sins to you, 
But I, I will be candid. There are certain things we talk about where it just doesn't really resonate with me. I'm not necessarily a person who has high high days and low days. Um, you know, I, I don't really struggle with depression to begin. I don't get down very often. I'm not smart enough to get depressed, I would say. I just kind of keep chopping. Um, you know, when I think of certain things that don't really affect me a whole lot, there are things like grief. Uh, no, those things just, it doesn't, it's not my world. But when we talk about fear of man, actually fear of man is something that has checkered my past and still checkers my present to varying degrees. Uh, in the past, and I am thinking really pre-Christ high school days, I think I was really sucked into the world of fear of man. And I'll explain some of what those manifestations can look like in our lives, but to include my life. Uh, but now it's not so much fear of man. It's more of fear of the approval of those that I really respect man. <laughs> Let me explain. Uh, there are people in my life currently that I really look up to, and I really want them to be pleased with me. And just to be candid, that's the way that it works. And I, I think of folks like my pastor. I really look up to him both physically and spiritually. Some of you know him. His name is Steve Jackson. He's an awesome dude, and I really respect him. So I often value his opinion greatly. I look up to the president of the Masters University. That's Dr. Abner Chow. I very much value his feedback. And so when I write something and and I publish something, I, I'm very much interested in what an Abner Chow might have to say about it. I do very much look up to Todd Friel and uh, don't tell him this. Jimmy, you may have to actually edit this part out. But when Todd says something, I genuinely care. I respond quickly. I, I want to listen. I just have a lot of respect for how the Lord has used him. So when we think about that, you and I all have those people. Well, not you, not all of us struggle with fear of man, to be clear. But there are those of us that we have a group of people that really we have to fight vigorously to not let them take God's place in our life. And it's not easy. So let me give you examples of what this looks like. And when you think of fear of man, don't think that we're cowering. Uh, don't think that we're super quiet people. Just think of examples like these. First example, the rebellious fear of man person. <laughs> this one might be interesting to you. Uh, sometimes you'll hear a song and they're like, I don't care what you think about me. And you're like, well, why do you talk about it so much if you really don't care about what people think of you? This is like every 90s rap song from what I'm told. This is the punk rocker who's rebelling against society and I don't care what you think about me. It's like, well, to not care what people think about you, you sure talk about it a lot and you're often recoiling to people's perspective of you. I mean, just to be candid, you talk about people's perspective of you all the time and how much you don't care about it. And so it, it really seems like you care a lot about it and you care more about it than you're perhaps willing to admit. That's your rebellious fear of manner, the one that actually is recoiling against someone or something. If you really didn't care, you wouldn't be talking about it, honestly. You'd give no thought to it. You'd just keep moving with your life. Think of Mr. or Mrs. Compliant. They're the person that just, they're never going to rock the apple cart. They're just going to go along. Uh, they don't want anyone to disagree. A Mr. or Mrs. Compliant is often a person that is very, very, very pleasant to be around. But inwardly, their pleasantness is often because they want people to be happy with them. So outwardly, they're very compliant, but inwardly, it's motivated by wanting people to be happy. And that's Mr. or Mrs. Compliant. Think of Mr. or Mrs. Fear of Missing Out, our FOMO friends. 
fear of missing out, for those of you who are unaware of what that means, it's those that they want to be invited to everything. They want to be a part of everything. If they don't get invited, then they're often hurt by a lack of invitation. So if you're not invited to the birthday party, the beach hangout, whatever that is, then you feel like you've missed out and you wonder, why did everyone leave you out? Why does everyone hate you? In other words, oh, okay. So if I really struggle with FOMO, then most likely I struggle with fear of man. Mr. or Mrs. Indecisive, where do you want to eat? Oh, I don't know. Where do you want to eat? Hmm. Wherever you want to eat. Oh, I don't really have a preference. So you pick. No, no, no. I would like you to pick. Well, you know what? Tell you, I'm not that hungry today. So that means you need to pick. And you're like, someone make a decision. Oh, uh, in reality, the person that struggles with being decisive often is just overly concerned about what you think and about what you're going to perceive their choice to be. So they would rather you just pick rather than they make a choice that you don't like. So they're going to say, oh, I don't know. Let's go to Popeye's. Do you like Popeye's? Are you okay with that decision? Whereas the person that doesn't struggle with fear of man, they're like, we're going to Popeye's. I don't care if you like it or not. Oh, wait, I'm on a diet. I can't do fried chicken. We're going there anyways. Uh, no, that's not Mr. or Mrs. Indecisive. So if we're super indecisive, oftentimes you're going to find that what's at the heart of that is that you care too much about what people think of your decisions. All right. This one might actually sound unusual. Mr. or Mrs. High Expectations. So when we talk about high expectations, some of us have really high expectations of other people, but that's really born out of we need their approval. We need them to fill us up. We need them to affirm us and make us well. And if they don't meet those expectations, then we are going to be hurt, overly sensitive, High expectations and a sensitivity in relationships are both connected to fear of man. Let me explain what a sensitivity in relationships looks like, and then we got to take a short break. Think sensitivity in relationships looks like I am overly dependent on you affirming me and letting me know we're good. So you sneezed wrong. Are you mad at me? You didn't invite me to go to your mom's birthday party. Are you mad at me? Because if you really were my friend, you would have invited me to go to that personal family dinner. In that way, I know I'm being somewhat sarcastic, but when we have a friend that's overly sensitive, or maybe that is us, the heart of that is that you need people to approve you. So when you struggle with high expectations of people, the result is that you need people more than you should. Meaning, you didn't call me on my birthday. I know we just met, but you knew it was my birthday. You should have called me. <laughs> In that way, okay, what's happening there? Well, I'm depending too much on you to affirm me. I need you more than I should need you. So I'm overly sensitive in the relationship. So every little thing bothers me. Every little thing upsets me. So if these are sounding familiar to you, if these manifestations are striking a chord, let me tell you, this is most likely connected to fear of man in your life. So we got to take a break. I got to turn it over to Jimmy for a second. So let's do that. And then we'll come back and pick up with these manifestations. We'll be right back. 
And we'll be back with Dr. Gifford in just a moment to continue the discussion on the fear of man and people pleasing. And speaking of which, I want to highlight a resource that you can find in the Transformed store at transformed.org. It's When People Are Big and God is Small by Ed Welsh. And this book unpacks so much the spiritual roots behind fearing others over God. Welsh reminds us in the book with such piercing truth that ultimately the fear of man originates in forgetting our fear of the Lord. And this is a book that helps readers find freedom as they elevate their awe of God over insecure human approval seeking. I highly recommend that you pick up a copy of the book right now from the Transform store at transformed.org. And while you're there, if you could possibly prayerfully consider joining us in our mission here at Gospel Partners Media, producing resources like Transformed, the Transform TV series, Road Trip to Truth, Wretched Radio, and Wretched TV. Those require partners just like you, Gospel Partners. And if you would consider becoming an ongoing monthly Gospel Partner, you can help us to continue creating life-changing content just like this. Your partnership allows us to come alongside struggling Christians with Transformed, and it also helps us to reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you could possibly consider what it might look like in your life to join us in this mission by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner, we would certainly appreciate it. And you can get all of that information at transformed.org. Now, speaking of equipping, I also want to point out to you that while you're there at transformed.org, if you have maybe possibly considered becoming a biblical counselor, I would urge you to do that. And I would also urge you to look at some of the resources that we also have available to that end, one of which is David Pallison's Seeing with New Eyes. It is a powerful primer to counseling. This is a book that unpacks the motivation and the desires behind behaviors to get right straight directly to the heart issues. It's Seeing with New Eyes by David Pallison, and it is a book that should be on the bookshelf of every single biblical counselor. And you can pick it up right now at transformed.org. And now, without any further waiting, let's get back to Dr. Greg Gifford as he continues his discussion on the fear of man and people-pleasing. This is Transformed. Welcome back to Transform. We have a tendency to let our feelings be the engine that drives our lives. And when we do, despair is soon to follow. And now your host, Dr. Greg Gifford. Jimmy, thank you, sir. Thanks for resourcing us and doing such an excellent job. Let's get back to fear of man stuff. Before the break, I said, if we struggle with high expectations of people, we're going to be overly sensitive in relationships. Every little thing is going to bother us. So then the result is that people don't want to be around us because we're too needy. Every little thing that happens in the relationship, there's disappointment. So it's like we can never make that friend happy. You have to call them every day and tell them how much of a friend you are to them and how much you love them. That's the only way you can make them happy. So if that is us, what's, what's pushing that? That is fear of man. Fear of man is the thrust of being overly sensitive in a relationship. Okay, think of this one. Mr. or Mrs. commits to everything, overcommits to everything. Hey, can you watch my dog babysit my kid, volunteer at church, fund my 401k and teach my classes? Oh, of course. Yeah, I would love to do all of those things in one day. Yeah, that's no problem. 
You see, what happens when we overcommit to things is we often struggle with fear of man. I don't want to disappoint you, so I say yes. And trust me, as an individual who respects his bosses, typically, that one can be a tricky one for me personally. So as you're thinking of, do I overcommit, you're having to ask questions like, am I committing to this because I want to honor the Lord and this is a good form of stewardship? Or am I committing to this because I don't want to disappoint you? Mr. or Mrs. Overcommitter often are struggling with fear of man. Okay, a couple of more and then let's look at some scripture. Mr. or Mrs. Conflict Avoider. Ooh, our stomachs churn when we say the word conflict. Oh, no, I'm not going to sleep tonight. We had a disagreement. You see, if you and I love peace, we're going to be really bad at conflict resolution. You can hearken back to former episodes we've done on conflict resolution here within our Transform series. But if you find yourself to be a person who hates conflict, then most likely you need to evaluate whether this is fear of man or not. You see, if I hate conflict because I want everyone to like me, then I'm never going to confront people who are being hurtful. And if I let people and their opinion of me be what drives me, I will often let people take advantage of me in a sinful way. So that doesn't mean that I shouldn't be merciful. I should be merciful, yes. But conflict avoiders are often driven by people-pleasing. Last one, but not the least one. This is going to maybe surprise you. Think of people-pleasing fear of man for the person who is an overachiever. Overachievers. You're like, what? Yeah. The person that just has to keep accomplishing something. They need the validation that they are good, that they're competent, that they're worthwhile. There are certain individuals that achieve as a way of filling up affirmation from others. So in my world, it's look at this education that I might have, or look at this book that I've published, or look at this best-selling transformed show. Okay, I inserted best-selling, but you guys get it. And we use those things as a means of affirming how valid we really are as a person. You see, if we're not careful, our accomplishments are a means of people's praise. And why do we like to accomplish? Because we like the praise of men. Woo. So be careful. If you're hearing any of those, be careful. What are we talking about? Fear of man. People pleasing. Letting people's opinions of us get larger than God's opinion of us. So I'm going to go back to the verse I started this episode with. This is Proverbs 29, verse 25, probably the clearest example. And there are other examples, but one of the clearest examples of this juxtaposition between fearing man and fearing God. Verse 25, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Think of a snare. You and I may not actually go hunting, but you're familiar with how a trap works, whether it's a rat trap, a rodent trap, an animal trap, a bear trap. You're familiar with how it works. It's dangerous. It's intending to catch you. The fear of man is not a positive thing here. Now, this doesn't mean that we have a disregard for man, and we'll talk about that more in future episodes, where we are to seek to please our neighbor, Romans 15. That's what Jesus did. But we don't live for the approval of our neighbor, and that will be the, the clearest distinction. I can actually do good to people that I'm not wanting their approval. In fact, a great gut check is, are you going to do good to people that don't like you? Ooh, oh, motivation check, uno. Now, 
fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. The juxtaposition here is that your trust in the Lord lifts you up out of the chaos into a place of safety. Think of a helicopter medevacking a person from a very chaotic moment, a flood, a fire. That's the idea of the Lord actually drawing you up into a place of safety. So if fear of man is what we are wrestling with, what is the antidote? Well, the antidote is going to be and will continue to be greater trust in the Lord, but to be most exact, to let God's opinion of you get bigger than man's opinion of you. You see, if any of these manifestations resonate with you in our next episode, I'm going to show you that when you have a larger view of who God is, it actually makes the view of people not go away, but just quiets down. It, it quiets. It doesn't go away, but it doesn't matter as much. You're not as dependent on other people to fill you up and affirm you or call you back or write that birthday card to you. Rather, what you're going to do is just trust the Lord and let his opinion be what drives you. Okay, I'm going to show you another one in the New Testament just to help frame this today. But remember, in our next episode, we're going to go more in depth into this idea of a biblical remedy for fear of man. Let me just show you what it looks like. And so I'm going to turn to the passage in Colossians chapter 3 where we see that Paul is going through some of the domestic responsibilities. And when he addresses bond servants, verse 22, he says, bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing from the Lord you will receive the reward excuse me, receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. What is Paul saying here? Well, first of all, a bondservant is not the equivalent of an employee in modern culture, but yet we do know that a bondservant at times is working for a boss to pay off a debt that was owed. For us in modern times, it's probably the closest we're going to have to an employee-employer relationship. And the bondservant is told here, to work not by way of eye service as people pleasers. What does that mean, eye service by way of? You and I have worked in an environment where all of a sudden the workers snap to as soon as the boss walks into the room. Oh, hey, uh, oh, yes, we are diligently working, not talking at all. Oh, I was not on my phone. No, I wasn't. As you think what eye service looks like, it's the person that only does the right thing when their boss is watching. Mm -hmm. Boss is away. Nope, I'm slacking again. Thankfully, in high school, this was pre-cell phones being popular. So when I worked at restaurants as a busboy, the reality is that I knew the, the other staff also knew that were certain pockets that the boss never went. When I worked at FedEx in college, it was the same. We knew that we were at a certain part of the loading dock. The boss didn't usually go there. So that's where guys would go and just sit and chit chat for a second. So when, when that takes place and the boss walks in and you kind of snap to, that's eye service by way of people pleasing. That is the phrase though, people pleaser. You're not working for the Lord, you're working for people. Biblically, one last that you can just write down and we will revisit this as part of the remedy is going to be Daniel 3 verse 12. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they tell Nebuchadnezzar, hey, look, you can do whatever you want to do, but we're not going to bow down to the image. Why? Because we trust God. God is able to take our life and God is able to keep us alive. Whatever he wants to do, we trust him. So we do not fear man. So, oh, breathe a big 
a big sigh. There is a name for what some of us are experiencing. There is a name for it, and it's called fear of man. Some of you are listening to this and you're like, what? I've never thought about that before in my life. Okay, look, you probably don't struggle with fear of man. Just be free and not struggling with fear of man. You probably need to be more considerate of what other people think of you rather than letting your life be dominated by it. But if I'm saying these things and you're hearing you saying, you know what, Dr. Gifford, you're right. I've seen those in my life. What do I call that? Fear of man. And where we're going to go in our next episode is to say, all right, if we've gotten our arms around what this is biblically, where I'm letting people's approval and opinion get too big in my life, then what do I need to do about it? And you're going to be surprised. The answer is not to say, well, hey, everyone's dumb and I'm smart. Yeah, that's how I get over this whole thing. It's to grow in a vision of the Lord that is so big that you say, you know what? God is so big. Why would I ultimately let what people think of me drive my actions? God is so holy, so good, so kind, so wise, so omnipotent that if God is really those things, then why am I seeking approval in people? Ooh, the remedy will always be a bigger vision of who God is. So I hope you'll join me next episode. Let me pray for you guys today, and then I will talk with you soon. Lord, thank you for the listeners, and I know that many of them are right here talking with fear of man, about fear of man. They're seeing it in themselves, in their children, in their spouses. Lord, help us to be individuals that grow in fear of you, that we would be loving to people, that we would seek to do good to people, but we would not let people be who we worship and who drive our actions. So Lord, give us a special grace to do this in a way that honors you well and blesses those that are around us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford, a production of Gospel Partners Media. Our website, of course, is transformed.org, and it is your central hub for finding in-depth information on all things transformed. If you've enjoyed Transform with Dr. Greg Gifford, consider subscribing and sharing with your friends and church family. Also, would you prayerfully consider joining this labor of love by becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner? And until next time, go serve your king. 